This is episode number 86 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Tommy Johnson, who is the owner of Prime Performance. Tommy is a former professional baseball player who was in the Seattle Mariners organization. Um, now he trains athletes, and he talks a little bit about how he goes about um, screening all of his athletes before he actually gets into um, the baseball side of things and works on their swing. Um, he uses a K vest. Um, he's TPI certified among amongst a b- bunch of other things. Um, but he also talks about how people shouldn't be chasing certifications as much as they should be chasing the knowledge. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, it is brought to you by blast motion. Blast motion is a bat sensor, the best bat sensor on the market. It is um, something that the Houston Astros used. Um, currently, every player in the organization tracks um, how long you're on playing with the pitch, bat speed, whether you're swinging down or up. Head on over to BlastMotion.com and type in code PJB25 for $25 off. Here is Tommy Johnson. All right, and we are now live with Tommy Johnson, who is the owner of Prime Performance. And what part of what's the city in Maryland? I want to be specific. Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg. It's uh, yeah, it's about I'd say about twenty minutes with good traffic outside DC, uh, just north of it. So, are you a Nationals fan? I like the Nationals. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have I have more of an emotional investment in it because one of my good buddies is the head strength coach, and uh, I'm gonna give him a shout out, Matt Iden. You know, he's he's that he's actually the reason I am doing what I'm doing now, because uh, I saw how much joy and passion he took into uh, being a strength and conditioning coach uh, on a private sector level, and then he was fortunate enough to have the opportunities. Now he's the head strength coach. Because of him, you know, I'm 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 so passionate about what we do, and I've developed a training facility because of some of the stuff that he taught me. How long did how long ago did you know that you wanted to be um, a strength and conditioning coach? Uh, wh- what was that? How long ago did you know? Like, did did you know that you were you wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach? Oh man, um, I I really wanted to train athletes. I, I discovered that when you know I went to college, and uh, it was my uh, my awesome mother. And that's not sarcasm. She's amazing. She um, she told me I'd never use it, <laughs> so I actually decided to become a sports management and marketing major uh, as my back. And then as I got out into the real world after my professional baseball career, I really had to do some soul searching about, you know, why I failed because I, I, I had success to a certain level, but I was that, I was that guy that didn't really know what he was doing. I was just able to hit the ball and I was, you know, I was a pretty strong athlete. So, and defensively I was pretty strong too. But, you know, I, I had to do that soul searching and figure out, you know, why, like, why did I suck so bad? And, you know, I still had the numbers, but, you know, when, when, you know, say an important person within the organization asked me, Hey, I want to see you drive the ball out of the yard. I had no idea how to do it. It just kind of happened whenever it happened. Uh, but so that was kind of my downfall and going through the process. I, I learned that, you know, I started off as a hitting coach, uh, coming out of, uh, out of college and out of, uh, pro ball. And, um, I really started to see that there was a big, a big hole and teaching because, you know, I was, my athletes couldn't move the way I wanted them to. And even if I was using constraints, I was using, you know, good cueing and stuff like that. I I realized that there was a a deeper issue and the deeper issue is movement, you know, then prerequisites for movement, you know, posture, you know, prerequisites for posture, breathing. So I actually had a, I have a pretty good buddy who is a physical therapist who got me onto some, um, learning some physical therapy, non-manual stuff, just to kind of appreciate what the body do in order for, you know, to function the way we, we, we desire to. And if we can appreciate that, we'll get the athlete a little bit closer. So, I mean, the, the process is, I knew I always be, you know, working with people from a very early age, you know, my brother is a mechanic, he has box car, uh, I'm a, you know, a performance coach and, to play the GI Joe's all the time. So, you know, the human, and, and, and so we, we saw some of the, um, you know, the desires at early age, but, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really developed as um, for me asking why things happened and, 
and being, I, you know, I was never satisfied with, you know, with my career. And I, I always swore that I wanted to be better for whoever. When you say that you want your athletes to move a certain way, like what, what does that entail? What does that mean? Move a certain way. Yeah. Also like, uh, it's just genuinely move. Like there, there's compensation and then there's genuine movement. So, um, and you know, for, for me, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't swing gonies. I, I, I get more of that assess people, uh, on the table. And then I use movement screens. I also use uh, muscle testing. So, and you know, you got it from a uh, passive to active standpoint, because if a guy doesn't move well on the table or doesn't have joint, you know, a certain amounts of range of the table, well, you know, to, you know, we need to appreciate that he may be getting that movement or extra range of motion some other way when it's when it becomes active so i think screening at all levels and kind of and even looking at um you know the way people because you know movement can be restricted by air restricted by teeth it can be restricted by feet so like there's these you know little little things uh that will allow us as coaches and you know trainers to really there are things that are deeper than what we can handle or if we have the knowledge and we learning that we can handle it. Um, but there's also certain things like airway and teeth that we can't handle those. That's when you develop a team and, you know, refer out. So I work with a dentist and a physical therapist. So whenever I see an airway issue or something, in the neck, I get them out of there because it's, that's not for me, but, um, to move right. I mean, I think it, I think it, I think it's really needs to be, uh, quality, um, because, yeah, it, it's important. And then, then, and then once you like what we like to do at, um, at prime is we like people up to the K motion vest. So like, you know, if we see a certain degrees of change or we are within range, within, you know, different triplanar action, we're going to, I mean, then we know our intervention was good. Uh, if we see a quantity of change, like we had a kid at our facility, uh, who throws with, uh, gosh, and, um, he, he wasn't planting the foot. He wasn't putting force in the ground with the left heel when he was trying to transfer. I mean, I think movement, and we, in order really to appreciate movement, check for impingements, like real impingements. Um, for instance, you know, we, we had a, a guy that wasn't hitting with us. Um, and uh, um, when you have an acetabulum and a, a femur, the, the head of the femur, they're supposed to fit congruently and, and, and work together and, and you know, a spin and, and, and move all in three, three dimensions. And, um, so his, uh, his joint actually looked like a, a football and a, and a, and a basket. So when, when he went to rotate, he would have early impingement. We pre, we appreciate that in his left, but you know, there was a hitting coach. Um, but what we, what we look at is, okay, there's certain ways that can move, you know, everyone's, different Patrick you know, you're different point than me I'm, I'm a caveman I don't you know I, I haven't seen you in person but you know um, you know you different bone lengths so that means I have to appreciate that and and I may see something so like so we're also talking about exercise selection at, at that point so like some people may be better suited for a sumo deadlift than uh, a standard deadlift depending on their torso length so it's like so you know there's just so many things that we need to appreciate um, I think having as much information as possible is always the key to getting someone to move better. One one question I have going back to the K motion vest is: Are those graphs um, hard to read for someone for someone who actually has a, a vest? Does it take a while to like learn how to read it? No, 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 because they actually give you support. So like they they provide you classes. I mean, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go shout out to Jim Beadle. I mean, that guy that guy came all the way down from Philadelphia to make sure that. I knew how to set it up. I knew how to look at the things correctly. And he, so he even showed me what was wrong with what I was doing. So I have an aversion at my left hip. So I, my pelvis runs into my femur early. So well, my, you have a what you know, of your, your left hip? Sorry, I couldn't. Anaversion. So basically my femur is uh, an, um, internally rotated on the ball. So okay. my ball sitting, you know, if it's centrated in the socket, my femur naturally is internally rotated more than my right leg. So it was, uh, we'll wrap it up to a birth defect. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and he basically showed me that, Hey, look, 
part of the reason why you couldn't hit those inside pitches when you were a professional baseball player is because you were taught to keep your front foot, you know, pointed at the plate. So what was happening is your pelvis was decelerating too early and you couldn't get enough speed gains or you couldn't clear your hips to get to the inside pitch. And I was oh. like, you know what, I mean, yeah, it was, it was huge. And like, so now I look at the way guys like Dante Bichette used to set up where they had the open foot and I go, you know, like where I used to go, what is he doing? And now, now it makes sense. It worked for him. And that's, that's the only thing that really matters is finding the thing for the individual we're working with. So the KVEST thing is for me, it's, um, it, it really, it really allows me to give an unbiased look at, at who I'm working with. And, you know, you, 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 you mix that with the TPI screen. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's a it's, it's a real game changer, and then then you add a, a table screen to that, so you have an understanding passively of what these joints can do. So you may need to get some people some capsular work, you know, to get that thing to get that thing budging and spinning in the socket. Before you do that, you're not going to get any like genuine external rotation, internal rotation, abduction, or flexion. So you know, like we we have to like we have to look at kind of like the deepest stuff to 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 really work outward and and build the movement. But I think the KVS kind of helps us uh, unveil uh, in a more, you know, sport specific, you know, conditioning type of way. Okay. So I got a few questions. I'm just going back off whatever you were just talking about. So the TPI screen, I'm actually um, heading out to Phoenix here, end of the month uh, for the in-person Sweet. part of it. Um, so when, when you go give a screen to a player and they, they fail, say, the pelvic rotation test and the single leg balance test, are there certain exercises that you know they need to do right away? And how do you find those exercises? So what I've actually done is I, I, don't, I don't try to memorize that crap. I mean, it, I mean, it's all good stuff, but it's just like, you know, try to memorize it into a spreadsheet so right. like if, if i and i've actually created i've actually pulled apart the commonalities between certain screens so that way i can i can determine whether i can i can clear two different you know we'll say two different issues with one exercise so that way like if i know that exercise can treat two of these screen types i i have to kill two birds or kill three birds because you know, like, if, say, say if we have an early, ex- so we have the um, the bridge with single leg extension, that that covers all twelve mm. swing. So if we go through that and we say, okay, so if I go deer and headlights, I mean, for me, if that's all twelve, I know it's going to have a TPI issue. Like, I, I always know it. I mean, no one's going to be perfect, right? Right. You know, I mean, we don't necessarily want to change everything or anything at all. It depends on how they play. If they play and they have no pain, you know consider is intervention really the best thing and i think you know dr greg rose talks about that you know you don't necessarily want to fix people but you want to kind of give them the ability to discover you know what else is there so like you know deer and headlights were you know for guys that have glute amnesia who are feeling that hamstring you know instead of the glute i mean it, it you know we we can do that now there's also other things that you can do now I, the thing i love about tpi is tpi is a screen and plug in any exercise you want, just test it against the screen. Because, like, I think, you know, a lot of people out there, are they you know, they love uh, FRC, and it's so wonderful. You're actually improving. Especially in a population that, you know, sits, and, and so our, our joints start to creep, and, you know, we start wondering why we get soreness when we sit. But, you know, so we can start treating all this stuff, and then we test it against the screen. So, like, for me, this is so powerful, and the exercises are great. But, you know, at the same time, I think the exercises are there to allow people to, you know, have a guide. But, you know, if you're an FMS guy or if you're a Mike Boyle guy where, you know, they develop the joint-by-joint approach, you can kind of make sense of all of it. And really go, hey, you know, this there, there's validity and all this, all this stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe a guy just needs to, you know, crawl around on the floor. You know, maybe he has some rotary issues. Get him to crawl like a baby and see what happens. Retest. Yeah, so you've, I think, uh, you've you've gotten you've got like every certification that that's out there. I mean, you you're yeah, MS, I, I, your MS. I don't even know what half of these. I mean, MS, PES, CES, okay, so F, or so functional I'm, movement screen yeah. two and TPI. Yeah, and I have some other ones, but you know, they, they, really, I have those. Um, 
and I, 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 I publicize those because I want to be able to communicate with a certain population. Now, I actually, and this may sound bad on me, but I actually don't believe certifications are all that powerful. I think it's the information that's in there. Um, you do get a lot of coaches out there, and I'm not calling anyone out, but I've, I've run across a few in my lifetime where it seems like they're more after the certification rather than the knowledge that the certification presents us. And I think I think it's a major flaw because now we're flaunting something we don't know. And, you know, and to, to try to reproduce that and not really be genuine about it is, you know, for, for me, kind of frustrating. But um, so I actually, like, for me, the PES is a performance enhancement specialist. CES is corrective exercise specialist. <laughs> so it's, it's really just, you know, ways for me to tell people that, hey, look, I, 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 can, I can develop a high-performing athlete. I, I understand how to correct athletes. And then I use specific systems within my program that will kind of simplify all the, the, the processes that I'll, I'll be going through. Well, I think a good example of what you just talked about would be uh, Kyle Bodie with Driveline. I don't think he's certified in anything, but he knows it all. I mean, I mean he knows the guy, so the much. guy's the guy's a freaking man. The guy's yeah, that's a freaking what I'm saying. Man. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't like, like, I don't do everything the same way as him because I, like, honestly, I don't, like, I don't have the time to research. I don't have the equipment and, and necessarily the desire, but that's what he's there for. He's there to present us all this awesome information, and like, I think, I think. He, Instead of like looking where he like where he he hasn't just gotten the stuff out of thin air. He's done the research. He's done the work. He's like, and and, and you know I think a lot of people out there are scared that that they've been wrong. And and it, for me that's like for someone to go hey you're wrong okay that means I'm enabled and can shift. I don't like we're supposed to fail. We're human. Like how, like how do we figure out a cliff was dangerous? You know he's he's going through the process of. Well, eliminating, you know, we'll go ahead and say BS. And he's presenting stuff. Now, I don't necessarily always read all this stuff because, you know, throwing is not always my realm. But there are, there are such similarities between throwing and hitting that appreciating, you know, the shoulder spiral. I think the shoulder spiral has a big thing to do with hitting. And, you know, because we're talking about, like, we see the way people load the scap. Well, the scap is part of the shoulder spiral. So, um, you know, I think we can appreciate patterns and, you know, for, for us to neglect and try to spe- like, for me, it's all about general preparation. Like if I can understand how the body is supposed to move, I'll get some Intel and some insight on specific movements. So like we go back to, you know, back to training, I think, you know, skill acquisition can be as simple as, you know, general preparation, specific and sports specific preparation. So, you know, can, can the, so for me, like GPP would be, can the person actually actually move? Can they flex? You know, adduct, rotate, abduct. You know, can they can they extend? Can they do all these things? Because if they can, they have the general physical preparation that they need to go into more specific stuff. So like, you know, um, PVC work. You know, um, you know, med ball work where you're starting to create feels. You know separation work using PVC pipe by digging the pole on the ground and, you know, feeling things sequentially stretch. So, I mean, that, that would be a specific preparation. Now we go sports specific. Now we're talking weighted bat work. We're talking about, um, you know, some of the super speed slugger stuff I think is pretty cool. Um, we can start getting the data so we can start quantifying and qualifying, you know, the things that we're doing. Um, so I think, I think if, if we all take, and this this is my perspective, my opinion. I, I you know I don't expect everyone everyone to agree with everything I say, or maybe even anything, but that's okay. Um, but I believe that if we take hitting into a a mode or baseball skill training into a mode where you know we take the same steps as trainers, I mean that's congruency within a, within a program. So it, it, I think I think there's a lot of powerful stuff there, and and I, I you know I can't be more more grateful and thankful for people like Kyle Bodie to, you know, present information. I've actually never had a one-on-one interaction with him, but products to see how much he cares, what he does, you know, you know, I think he's, I think, you know, he's killing it. He's, he's, he's doing the right thing for the sport. And like, I could have used information while I was playing. I mean, people were trying to teach me how to backspin a low pitch when I was with the Mariners and like, bless their hearts. That's what they believed in. And, but they made me believe it too. And when I couldn't, I couldn't elevate the ball with power. Well, I know why, because I was, you know, I was swinging down and up versus just get that barrel playing early. And 
work through the playing of the ball. You do that, I mean, you're just I, I would have been all right, but you know, do you think, I think uh, do you think that uh there's there's so much information out there that a lot of people maybe are they don't even know where to go. Like they don't even know like where to start looking yeah. or anything. Yeah, I, th- I think you know we're starting to measure perception, and like okay, measuring perception is highly neurological, and that's great. But have you like have you got an athlete to check the floor? Because perception is going to change within someone's balance. So like if I don't own the floor underneath me, you know, chances are my brain could be in a uh, fight or flight mode because something is being perceived as a threat. Because I mean, I, I take weight like if, if say if. If you were on a hardwood floor and you were standing on a rug and I pulled the, the carpet out from underneath you, you wouldn't have the floor, correct? Right. So what, what would your arms, what would your limbs, what would your nervous system do? It would, it would freeze up and you'd start grasping for stuff. And, you know, I think, you know, owning the floor is going to create higher levels of perception because now our brain isn't having to multitask and, you know, fight off this threat and focus on performance at the same time. Um, now this is just from my experiences and my, my, my learning and, and anyone who ever reaches out to me on Twitter or email, I always try to talk to them about, Hey, like go find this information. Like it's, it's here. Like, don't let me tell you how to interpret it because this is, this is your career, but you know, ask questions. I I, I love talking to people about it because you know, it's real. I mean, we have, I have, I've had multiple kids at my facility had the yips before they came to me and, you know, they were actually different issues other than mental. You know, a lot of people are saying like, you, you care too much or you're thinking too much. It's like, well, how do you know? Like, have you, have you checked their, have you checked their breathing? Have you checked their ability to breathe? Have you checked their, you know, their ability to find, find their heels on the ground? Because if you can appreciate those things, you know, moving becomes a little more genuine because we're starting to move as we were designed to, you know, we shouldn't be thinking about our movements. They should be, should be you know in the flow of the, of the game even in, in the flow of life so like you know say for you know i'm walking up I'm, I'm walking up the street and i don't see this biker coming down coming down the sidewalk you know i have to flow into life and, and and move out of the way and you know these are that's real life performance and you know it should be that simple when we're playing games after we've done all this preparation yeah, I I do I do understand what you're exactly what you're saying there. I think it's it's interesting that you you, you talk a lot about breathing, and you even said you uh, work with a dentist as well. Um, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Before. Well, I mean, I can't fix an airway. I mean, everything is like everything start has started somewhere. So we we constantly complain about these people like they run out of breath, who get injured constantly. I'm not saying this is the reason why. I'm saying it could be a contributing factor. So, I mean, for me, the, the one thing that separates our planet from any other planet in the, in the universe or anything that's ever been discovered within anywhere in space is we have oxygen. It's, it's pretty important. And if we don't utilize our oxygen pumps and our ability to flow in, you know, O2 and, you know, and get rid of CO2, then we're living in a, in a higher stress state. And so we're not actually, so for me, I, I'm looking at it from the deepest standpoint I can, or that I know. And I know that, you know, lack of respiration qualities can, you know, sleep apnea, sleep apnea kills people. And sleep apnea ruins performance. I think uh, there was a pitcher recently they were talking about in the playoffs who um, got a CPAP machine and he started throwing 99 miles an hour. Oh, I heard of that. <laughs> so, like, I forget. I forget who it was. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I have a I have a kid in college who honestly was he's a catcher and he's he's like he's like my little brother. I, you know, I I I love him and I, I never want to say anything bad about him. But throwing balls into like right center from home plate, trying to trying to throw the ball back to the pitcher. Well, long story short, his uh, uncle's a dentist. He removed teeth that he was not supposed to remove, and so basically he had a sense your teeth are actually sensory organs. I can't go too much into it because after this point, and I, I want, after my assessments and my, my looks at someone's mouth, I either refer them out and they listen to me or they don't. Um, so beyond that, I, I kind of know what to look for, but the relationships are huge. I mean, yeah. Patrick, have you heard that, you know, your jaw is really your hips? I have, have not. Have you heard that expression? I have not. 
so the way your jaw articulates is also like in relationship to the way your hips, you know, rotate and articulate. So it's important. So if we have an altered jaw pattern, it could shift us to either, you know, right leg, left leg, and, you know, ruin our ability to alternate and reciprocate actions. Um, and for, for me, like it explains why, like, like I had a kid the other day, you know, couldn't, 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 could not, you know, lateralized weight to his left leg as a right-handed hitter. He kept collapsing. He was hanging back. He couldn't, you know, he, he's 200 pounds and he's not even hit the ball 300 feet. I'm going, well, there's a deeper issue, deeper issue here. He can't breathe out of his. So this is going to sound weird, but we put nose cones in him. I mean, it could be placebo. I don't know but if it works for him. I'm, I'm going to do it. And it worked for him. He ended up hitting a couple balls over 300 feet after we put nose cones in and he, he came up and he goes, I've never been able to swing like that before because I, I always get so tired. And I'm like, okay, well, we gave, you, we gave you the ability to use two straws versus one to breathe through. So we basically doubled his ability to respirate, and that will keep him calm. So, you know, you playing baseball, I mean, you probably had those moments where it seemed like you're like, how the hell did that happen? Like, I, it just happened. It was amazing. I, I want to feel that again. Um, yeah. and I think that's, I, I think that's, those are the moments we should all be playing for. Um, and if, we, but I know they get further and further away, the more stressed we get the bad type of stress. We're talking distress where, you know, negative thoughts, the feel, you know, that, that real negative feeling deep down, you know, we gotta try to rid that. So, but if we can't do the most primary task, well, like move air in and out of our body, we may have uh, an inability to you know, do the, the simple stuff, the quote unquote simple stuff really well. And, you know, it's for me, it's, everything's related. So we're talking about an integrated system of multiple systems and we're trying to get them all to, you know, work synchronously. So that way, you know, we can, we can perform at optimal levels. So it's, man, that's, that is so interesting. I mean, I, I really, that's, that's really neat. I really like learning new stuff and that's, uh, that's very, very cool. Um, so when, when an athlete comes into you, you do the TPI screen on them, you do some stuff, um, other things yeah, so as well? Yeah, I, I can run you, I can run you through the whole thing. So the very first okay, thing I'll do okay. is, uh, uh, honestly, take a little bit of a, a health, a health uh, inventory while I talk about their past injuries, you know, make note of any, you know, any, any other things that are going on because those, those can happen. Like if a kid, <laughs> like for instance, I had referred out, he had a concussion, he, he had double vision, didn't know he had double vision and he was limping. So he's, we actually got him to a, um, an eye specialist out in Virginia and we're going to see how that works. But at least we have explanations for why he was limping. But um, so very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go through that part and ask questions. And very next thing I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to start doing a, a, a joint, a, a table assessment because uh, again, I'm always believing in checking the passive first because now I can understand, okay, is this range of motion a soft feel or a hard feel? If it's the hard feel, you know, it's more than likely bone and I probably don't have much chance to change it unless I, you know, I check the opposite direction pick up more range, um, then I may have a little bit of room to play with, but like, um, so I always want to check that stuff first to appreciate, um, and a really interesting thing. I, I'm not sure if people are really aware of or look at it. So if you figure out whether, so, uh, I'm going to speak in a, a little different language here in a second. So I, I like to assess above T4 and below T4. So it's above the diaphragm, the diaphragm zone. So we're talking about, um, more thoracoabdominal which is going to be rib cage and abs. And then we're going to check um, lumbopelvic femoral, which is obviously below the diaphragm, because if we can figure out which section is, you know, creating the most issues, a lot of times if we clean that up, the upper extremities will change. So we just have to test and retest. But the, actually the right shoulder is congruent with left hip. So if you start to see like left hip issues, it may be coming from the right shoulder. We don't know. Mm. Or the right shoulder issues may be coming from the left hip because they work in that contralateral pattern. As you know, like when you go to inter internally rotate on that left leg, when you go to throw, you internally rotate the arm. So if, if you don't have the ability to internally rotate at a left hip, you may have a lack of an ability to internally rotate at a left, you know, glenohumeral joint, which could put stress on the other soft tissues in that joint. 
Um, so we try to make sure we have appreciation for that. Now, some of that stuff isn't really all that bad, you know, um, and we're not trying to make them perfect. We're just trying to appreciate who they are in case they ever develop some pain symptoms or stuff like that. So we can treat them, um, or they, or they don't really clean up their movements. Well, then we can go back and appreciate them and, and bring them back to a point where maybe we can get more movement out of them and not put them under as much risk when they're, when they're moving weight. Um, so after that we, we, we use, uh, so I do muscle testing after that just to determine, um, where the brain's creating stability. Um, so this is, this is the fun stuff where you can actually, um, start cleaning some of the stuff up and making people stronger. So there's some stuff out there. I don't know if you saw that Noah Syndergaard, uh, video where he's chopping his inner thighs. It's actually the video that, you know, Ninja got in trouble for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, so we, we do some of that self, uh, work too because sometimes that cleans it up an athlete who had you know inner thigh pain when he ran when, when, anytime he ran we did some of that stuff it went away so it's it was pretty interesting stuff because it's the only thing that made him feel better um yeah, so after we go through muscle testing we'll go through more of a movement screen so we, we'll use the fms tpi and we'll, we'll start we're going to start obviously shifting some stuff because i'm going to be attending on you know on base u um, in January down in Orlando. I mean, I've, I've, I've just, I've, I've been, I've heard some awesome stuff about that. I'm really excited. Is that similar um, to T? Isn't that based off of TPI? It is. It is. So like, I heard about this from a guy named Steve Smith. Um, really, really awesome guy. Um, physical therapist. And he was telling me that he's like, well, you know, Greg Rose and FMS are kind of doing something together. So I reached out to FMS. And I was like, Hey, you know, I want to know, I want to know about this course. Tell me about it. Cause you know, I, if, if I don't have to, you know, modify TPI screens and make my own interpretation, I'm going to, I'm going to let the, I'm going to let the smart people work. And like I said, Kyle Bodie, much work. For me, I mean, not personally, but for everyone in the industry that, you know, what, like I start making up my own stuff, you know, I mean, I'm obviously going to have modifications to it, but, you know, genuinely, I'm going to stick to stick to what the best do because there's a reason they're in that position. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll run through this movement screen so we have a greater appreciation. So we go, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, what can the joint do? You know, are the muscles firing at the right time at those joints and it's the right pattern? And what is for intervention. So I'll, I'll include some of these interventions. Um, and we actually had a, a guy named Matt Tanner at our facility with blast motion, uh, this past week and his rotational quality actually cleaned up when I cleaned up one of his, uh, reflexive spots. And he, he said, he's like, my hands actually felt a lot looser. I felt like I, I could move. Them. Um, it, it was pretty fun because it was the first time I ever, you know, tested against blast motion. And it was, it was cool to see a little bit of and it's, and it's actually his next better. Um, so uh, he, he would be able to tell, tell people how he felt because he's the one that experienced it, but uh, it was pretty neat to see some change. So that's kind of with our hitting screen. So we actually dive a little bit deeper. So we take videos of everything. So you're sprinting. So laser time or sprints, we're, you know, the whole idea of intent um, is huge. And then, you know, we try to use as much, you know, technology to allow our kids to compete against themselves uh, as possible. But we also, so our screen basically looks like this. So after, after all that um, table stuff and movement screens, we get a slow motion capture um, from, you know, up the line and side view. And then at the same time, we have K-Vest on and, and blast motion on at the same time. So we're gathering all this data within uh, one, you know, you know, three to three to six swings. Um, just get, just get a general idea like what's happening. So then we, when we go to sit down, so when uh, um, my hitting guy, Brad Arnold, and I go to sit down, we can, we can go, okay, you know, what do you see? Okay, so I see this, so we're going to compare it against the screens. We're going to compare it against the KVEX. And then what we'll do uh, through the process is actually write them a program. So it, so just like, I, I, like, for me, I view it all as exercise science. So I know progressions and regressions need to come through a program because I, I, you know, I believe in randomization, but I also believe that, you know, too much randomization too early in the developmental process can create confusion. I think you kind of let someone like, just like in strength conditioning, you want someone to have an adaptation 
And as soon as they start to get comfortable with that adaptation, you change. So that forces them to change again. Um, because lear- learning isn't always instant. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes we, you know, we pick up on things faster. And you, can, uh, you know, I don't know if you have a kid or not. I have a kid, and you start seeing them like start making little adjustments on their own, and you don't even say a thing. And that's like, okay, but that's when you know, like, I leave that process alone because they're starting to figure it out for themselves and discover what they need to discover. So, you know, we, we, we try to implement constraints, um, bat speed work. Uh, we also try to give them freedom to ask questions and move on their own. So, um, and then we also try, we're, we're actually working, trying to periodize things so that way, trying to periodize stress. We're trying to periodize, well, we're, we're calling it high pressure, low pressure. Uh, that was actually a term Brad Arnold talks with me about a lot. Um, he, he, he's, he's, he gets me to think a little differently, which, which I love because I need to change constantly. Um, but I, I believe that, you know, you develop a program, you have control. It's almost like a curriculum. How do you, I mean, you can change the curriculum for each kid, which is awesome because if you see that things aren't necessarily working right away, you have the freedom to adjust and progress and regress just like in exercise. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat to see. And, you know, we also try to take that T, the, the TPI and the, um, the K motion and, appre- and appreciate which segments maybe need a little bit more spacing. That way we can get more speed gains and stuff like that off the next segment. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, I'm very lucky to have the opportunities and the, the equipment that I do to make these determinations. Um, and you know, it's, it's still a work in progress, but it so far it's, it's going pretty good. Um, when you're doing some of these screens and testing, um, do you like take notes or like if there's something, if they fail something or pass most of it or like, how do you keep track? Of yeah, like- yeah, yeah. So we always, we have an assessment sheet for everything. Um, so we do a lot of stuff like, uh, especially cause we don't use gonies. I just, um, I'm, cause I'm the one that would be swinging it and I'm pinched for time on that. So until I get to a point where we won't use them, but you know, uh, I honestly believe that if you, know, you, you, you do have an paper, you do take notes and you can come back and revisit it and go, why is this happening? And you go, and you can always go back and say, maybe I overlooked something uh, within a program and, and make an adjustment because, you know, we're all, we're always, always, we should always be learning and, and not being satisfied in what we do. So I think you're absolutely right. You know, we got the notes are an important part um, because it's, it's just that little extra specification we can take into a, one of our athletes. And, and, and more importantly, they're, they're, they're human. They, they have feelings, they have emotions. So that's, that's even a note that we, 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 we make within our programs. We actually ask our guys how they feel. Like very first thing, come in. Hey, you doing? The, how you feeling? I said, yeah, well, I'm doing okay. You know, then we circle good. They go, hey man, I feel great. And we circle very good. They go, you know, I feel a little bit down today. You know, circle, you know, not good. I mean, we keep it very simple that way. We can at least appreciate them. So, say my trainer goes to push him really hard, and he goes to look at the paper, and he goes, oh, he's not feeling that good today. So, and then so what we actually do from that point, we'll go, okay, how many days in a row have they not felt well? Because if it becomes consistent, maybe it's something outside the facility. Maybe it's their nutrition. Maybe it's their sleep habits. Maybe they're not putting the, the technology away early enough before they go to sleep. So we're, we're, we're just trying to find different ways to regulate people um, and appreciate, you know, all the different variables that actually is real life. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Now, do you... You do you use Rapsodo as well, hitting Rapsodo, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a wonderful tool. What would you say is the most valuable tool you have? Oh man, I, I can't. I actually can't say that really? because they because they all work. Yeah, they all work together in a program. So, like, I mean, if if I were to pick one, it, it would it would honestly be Rapsodo. I just feel like it's so versatile. You can use it for real time adjustments. You can use it for you know, capturing, you know, history of here within your facility, I, you know, but if I were to, like, to be completely honest, like, I don't, I, like, it would just be too hard to peg which one, like, in my program is the most important, um, because I feel, I feel that's what makes my program is collecting this information and allowing me to not use my biases that I've developed through my education and through my experiences and go into it with just this, really objective look. Um, so it's, it, it's hard to say that, you know, which one's most important now, but if I were to tell someone which one to invest in just for overall, you know, 
being able to use it and being able to not waste people's time. Cave asked me, and sometimes it takes some time to set up. You know, I, I screwed up and didn't get a fast enough computer. So sometimes it, it's a little buggy, but you know, if I got the right computer, I know I've done fine. But uh, the Rapsodo now, like, hook that up. The thing rolls for you know six, seven hours. Everyone's getting information on their swing. You know, I think. But I, but the question is, is like, how do we use this information and like to help our kids? Because like, it's great to have this information. But I've heard numerous people get like these bad accelerometers, and they're like, well, what do I do with the information? It's like, well. You know that's why that's that's why you hire a guy like me to help you interpret it if if you don't do your research. You know I think everyone could do it if they did their research, but a lot of people are inherently lazy. But to to go back, it's really hard for me to say. But if I were to tell someone to start like where to start, I'd say with the rap soda because it's just I'm in Maryland, man, and you're in Ohio. It gets cold as crap. Yeah, we can't get on a field. You know we're you know, and so at least going to give us a an idea of where to hit the ball in the cage. Like, you know, it's this, this is, these are people's careers. So like if, if they're constantly just trying to hit low line drives to the back of the cage or hit them off the L screen, well, those are going to be 90 foot line drives, which are ground balls. <laughs> like, right, right, like, right. Like, like, yeah, it'll work in high school, but when, when you go to play against international teams or kids that are really good, those ground balls just get eaten up. And, you know, if you're a slow dude like me, Hey, good luck. <laughs> now, now, how do you determine though? So, I'm sure you're on Twitter. You've seen this debate. You know the the T work, soft toss versus you know BP and machine work. How do you determine what you should be doing? So, I, I, we 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 really go off feel. So, like I think on certain days, and this is where I believe I'm going to get better. Um, this is this is something that finding a balance because in our groups, I feel like different people need different stuff. So, and and. When in our private setting, it's a little bit easier because, like, I don't want to drop seams on hitting. I don't want to do that because what if a kid's not ready for that high pressure? Like, what right. if he's not ready for that? You know, what if he's not ready for weighted ball work? And so for me, it's like, okay, I'd rather give a more simple approach. So, like, I, we try to keep uh, – we're going to be revamping our actually hitting. I'm trying to change it to find the best flow and the best productivity. But we do we do a lot of weighted bat work, and uh, we use that off the tee. And then we'll do a couple of rounds live, and then from there, it's you know, it's 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 go. Like so, we'll change it up. So we have a spin ball machine. So you know, I like to phase it, and so like I always like to start off a little bit of front toss, give them their feels, go overhand, start moving the screen left to right to start changing the angle, so they have to start you know working on clearing their hips, keeping their hips you know, on playing a little bit longer with the outside pitch. So, you know, I, I believe that there's like, you can, you can mix it in and I think you can individualize it, but it's something that, you know, you have to really pay attention to for each athlete. Um, and I have some kids that honestly, they're, they're, they're absolutely destroying the ball. Like, like sometimes we just do front toss and light BP and they go out and kill it in games. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to, I mean, yeah, I want to challenge them, but if if they're doing their job and they're doing it really well and they're advancing through baseball, that's a routine. Like, like that's where I think like the weighted bats are valuable. I think like the super speed stuff is because you're going to be developing some of those sports specific needs. And, you know, I think, I think creating variation every, you know, every facet of it is, is obviously a goal, but there's, there's, there's what you know and what you can implement. Right. And if you can't, if you don't find it a smooth way to implement something, you may be wasting someone's time. And to me, that's like, so these, these people, you know, pay me not to waste their time and give them the best information I can. Cause if we got four kids, we keep small groups. I don't like to do big groups just because I feel that there's, there's not an ability to pick my brain or Brad's brain in, in terms of how to approach hitting and, you know, really, really giving the people to, to feel and discover and have conversations about hitting. Now we don't want these big, long in depth things unless people are really interested, but you know, otherwise, you know, it's constraint work. Um, and, and just, if, and that's, that's a really good, it's, I think, I think it constantly needs to change, right? The more we know, the, uh, you know, the more we know about the player too, the more we change it, the more we customize it to what they need or what, what allows them to excel because, they do all this cage work, all this lifting, so they can really do well in a field, not so they can necessarily have 
like all this, you know, all this different stimulus. I mean, it works for some, but you know, not everything works for everyone. So, so you, when you brought up our, small groups, like what, like how many group, how many kids are you talking about? Like three or four? We're talking four. Four. So okay. everything's customized. So like all the way down to their TPI um, stuff, their their movements, uh, down to their breathing exercises, um, down to their constraint work, down to their their drills. So for instance, like if we have a kid that we know doesn't disassociate his pelvis, well, we're we're gonna do some drills for that prior. You know, that may be the variation he needs that day. Um, so, it, it, like I said, it always depends on the athlete and who we're working with. So how do you set it up from, a, like, a business model? Is it more like memberships at your place, or is it lessons, or how do, how do you do it? Programs. Programs. So, for me, programs, like, it allow, like, so, it's, like, so we, we allow them to sign up for classes. So, that way... It's not a drop-in. There's no drop-ins. Everything's scheduled because we need people to be on schedule so we can write programs. And if they want, if they really want to succeed, you know, a program is. And we talk about in college. There's good programs and there's bad programs. Good programs have more detail, more information for the players, and it's and it's laid out for them. So I mean, I look at guys like like Zach at TCU. Man, I don't I don't know if there's a better strength coach out there. You know, he's constantly trying to find the best thing for the person he's working with. So um, being in a program allows that to happen. Now, cookie cutting isn't a program. It's a bell curve. Like, okay, we'll give everyone the same thing. Hopefully one person excels. Like, hopefully. Uh, And we see that a little bit on Twitter, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to call anyone out because, you know, I like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna name names because it's not my place. Now, if you bring up a name, I may give a check mark or something like that, but <laughs> but it's not my place because I actually I actually find value in some of these things, some of these things that these people are doing, but they're not they're not they're not there's no information behind it for people that like you can call us skeptics like you can do that, but you know if, if you give us information that says hey this way actually works, like and, and you have a diplomatic approach, then I'll say hey look I'll listen. Dude, I may right. even pay for a course, but you know, you have like for me, it's a, like selling your swing, selling your ideas is a business. You have to like you have to have some business savvy in order to do it, and <laughs> you have to like you said, like you know, you're asking me about business model. Like, there's no like when you go just jam people down information down people's throat. It's not a business model. It's you know, some people think it's propaganda and like. Like, it's like we all we, we we all refute that we we don't we don't want that so i think until you know and you see it and people argue and they start presenting who they work with and stuff like that it's like this doesn't matter like as as a community we should be trying to develop the best ideas i mean we listen to people on mlb tv talk or it's just it's absurd you know like they're, they were talking during the game about how bad the game was and i'm like yeah, like you really hired the right person to promote your, your organization. <laughs> like, thumbs up. And then, well, I think and, and people to... people want facts. You know, they they want they want yeah. numbers and, and and data to back up their claims and just evidence. You know, it's no more so just in life in general. I mean, you don't go to the yeah. doctor and he says, "Well, it looks like you know from what I can see." You know, my guess would be we should, you know, give you this medication. No, you want to like, you want facts behind like why exactly? Like what the, what did you get MRI? Did you get like what? So, I mean, I think it's just more of like a, a um, just data and just listening to numbers. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, like I said, not everything works for everyone. And, and I'm glad people are having success with different philosophies because, it, it, it promotes thinking because if, if everything was just one way, it'd be boring. But I think that's the unique thing is that, I mean, there is, there is a way, just look at kinematic sequence. There is a way to make it, but it may not look the same, which is fine. It doesn't need to look the same. Like it, it, for me, it's like, because we're all, we're all built differently. We all have different capabilities, but if, if that thing's in order and we're in all of our energy is grounded, then what the hell else matters? Like with like, well, why? Like, I'm just not. I'm not really not into arguing. I mean, yeah. actually, I am. I like arguing, but as long as as long as I know that both sides understand that we're just trying to come to some 
some sharing of information and we may do it the hard style, but at the end of the day, we should be able to go, Hey, you know what? We both love the game. We both, we both want the best thing for the game. So, you know, I'm going to do my thing. You do yours. Like, I don't think there should be this big blow up and calling people out because it's like, where does that really get us? You know, and I'm not trying to put up the two fingers and, and, and be, you know, you know, be a hippie or anything, but you know, for me, it's, I really, really think that we could learn something from each other if we were both open, but it's, that's the thing. The you got to be open. If you're not open to learning, I mean, yeah, dude, I'm like, I'm ready to change right now. Like right. If, you, if I'm presented the facts, I'm, pre- I'm presenting something that makes sense. I'll, I'll change my entire program. Cause I think it's going to help my kids. Like that's the number one thing is we're working with humans. Like it doesn't matter what I think. The only thing that matters is what works for them. And like, if they have a longer career because I taught them the wrong thing, so be it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like someone taught me to swing down and I could, could I have had a longer career? Hell yeah. But I still, I still had a, I still, I still did something like I still did something that most people think is great. I think it sucks because I didn't, I didn't do what I really wanted to do. But you know, at the end of the day, I still, I still had a good career and I can't necessarily be mad at the coaches. I can go, man, you know, I should, I should have been smarter. I should have made better decisions. And it's never, it's never a coach's fault because, you know, we're, we're the ones that are, are leeching information off of them and trying to make it our own. So I just, I really, I really feel like there's, there's a more productive space that we could be living in, uh, in terms of, of baseball and hitting. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to continue to do whatever I do and I'm going to learn from the people that I believe in. And I'm going to use exercise science to tell me whether that's right or wrong. I'm going to use like, and I don't know if you've seen it myself, Patrick, but I talk about walking a lot. And to me, that's the primary movement that can explain a lot of kinetic sequences that are happening during hitting and throwing. And, you know, it, it may be not as sports specific, but this is where we go back to, does the person have the general prerequisites to do what we're asking him to do? And if the answer is yes, then sports specific, no problem. But if you don't, if you have, uh, excuse my language, shitty movement qualities, because you know, you walk like a penguin, well, you're going to hit like a penguin. It's, it's, it's as simple as that because that's, that's what your movement prerequisites are. Now, some people defy the laws because they're super good athletes and they're super, super good compensators, but those people also get hurt down the road. So it's, you know, I, I think, I think, I think what really matters is that people have a program or some sort of systematic process that they go through to remove biases. So no, Tommy, think, you, you put out some incredible content. I mean, um, I, I have been following man. you. For, uh, you're you're at Prime Athlete 14 on Twitter for yeah. those who want to know. Um, you put out some really, really good stuff. And or or you talked about how people who reach out to you, like, uh, uh, for example, you know, maybe like it's a hitter or a hitting coach or something like that. What, sure. like, what do you, what do you recommend or go send them to go study? Is there a certain book that you like that you think they should get started on? I or? mean, like there, there's a, a bunch, but I don't want to say anything because ha- like I would say have a one one understanding of anatomy and kinesiology. Mm-hmm. If you have that and you can, and you can start getting more curious, then it's so much easier to go down these other rabbit holes because now you're not just you already have a, um, a baseline education that will make sense of what people are talking about. Because if you go in there and just try to extract information that sounds smart, it, it, it could butt you in the ass because your application will suck. So I think having a general understanding, um, and now, now this is where we can get even more specific now. Um, and there are awesome organizations out there that teach pathomechanics. So how the body moves when it's, how it potentially could move when it compensates. So like we could go that specific, but if you don't have a general understanding, like where, where does the conversation actually happen? It's, it's like, and I love, I love talking to coaches. I think it's, I love sharing because there's some kid out there that needs help. And there's some, and to me, that's the most important thing because if it's, if it's just one little thing that I share, with a coach and he makes it his own and that kid has a better baseball experience 
we did our jobs as coaches. Like I, I, I'm a big John Calipari fan. People get all pissed off because he has so many one and dones. He's generally, you know, I don't know whether he cheats or not. That's not my place. I know there'll be some sort of argument out there, but he generally wants those kids to get drafted. So those kids go, I want to get drafted. My goal is to play for John Calipari. That's why he gets great recruits because he's trying to do the right thing for the kids. He's trying to make sure they get an education. He, I mean, um, he, what was that one one guy? Uh, he had him. He was. He was. I don't want to say he was a troublemaker, but he wasn't the most focused athlete. He DeMarcus gave him a Cousins? book called Energy. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think it was him. Was it Kelly Stein? He was Kelly Stein. Um, he played for Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah. Big dude could fly, could throw it down. But so they, he had him read this book. Um, by John Gordon called energy bus. And apparently it changed the guy's whole disposition on how he approached, you know, life and the game of basketball. And apparently it allowed him to get to the NBA and make some money. So now the guy already had the performance and athletic prerequisites to be great, you know, but if you have a, if, if you have a, if, if your mind is, is poop, then I mean, that's what you're going to get, you know, within your mind and your body. And vice versa. So, you know, I think, yeah, for, for me, it's, I think sharing is the most important thing because like some of these, some of these guys that ask me questions, I, I mean, down the road, they're probably gonna be way smarter than, and have better answers than me. But, you know, at the end of the day, helping them get there is, you know, it's important because I'm not gonna lie. Like I got guys like Mike Boyle, who he, he, he doesn't even really know who I am, but I did, an, I did, I did a, like a five-day internship with him um, through a program, and it, was, it, it changed my entire, my entire career path. Like, even though like, I don't actually owe him anything, I feel in debt to him because he opened my mind to different things, you know, just like Eric Cressy does for everyone else. You know, like, like he, he's allowing some of us who maybe not have the, the, you know, as much knowledge as him to start applying really, really good things and allowing our athletes to succeed. So like, you know, and that guy posts free content all the freaking time. The guy's, the guy's incredible. And, you know, I think, I think we should all be striving to share and, you know, from a business standpoint, we'll, we will make more money because people will be interested in what we're doing. And, and if we're doing the right things, we're just, just going to keep looping. If we keep having that, that good loop of productive athletes, good program, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be successful as coaches, but it also takes preparation on our preparation and progress on our side, because, you know, things are advancing so much. And when I saw what driveline was doing, I was like, dude, I suck. Like I suck. I got to change. So in the past two, three years, it's what we've been working on and not necessarily, we're not trying to catch up to them because that's, I think that's, I think that's an impossible feat. I think they're, I think they're so locked in and so motivated that, you know, I think it's just okay to go, Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to take what they, what they're presenting in terms of research and science, and I'm going to take what I can implement and, and use it because yeah, they, they have a small army uh, out there in uh, Washington right now. Oh, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And, and, the, and the guys are, the guys are incredible. Like, um, you know, I, I had, so we had driving our facility not too long ago, about a month ago. And, you know, guys like Sam, man, what, like, I mean, he was asking me some questions. Like, I, I was, I basically wanted them there at my facility because, you know, I think kids on the East coast should have the opportunity to be exposed to their information. You know, obviously I'd rather, rather them come to us, but just chances, chances are that kids aren't going to come down from New York to, to work with us. Um, every, every, you know, every week. <laughs> so like, right. But if they can get that type of information, that type of package from, you know, the best in the game, then like, dude, like, like I said, we, we got to support that because it's, you know, until we get there, we, I mean, it, it should be, it should be, so, there should be obtainable to, to an extent. Um, but when he was there, he was asking me questions, thick in my brain. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, so, you know, the fact that he, he he's there to educate these people and he's still trying to learn, you know, even if he, I don't know what he knows in terms of what I know, but, um, you know, he was asking me questions and I led for a really good conversation and it really made me appreciate, you know, the people that, that they hire. I mean, it's like, it's, it's really cool stuff. These, these guys care. So it's, 
it's really nice to see and and was it was really nice to be a part of it just to, to spectate tommy really appreciate you coming on today um great, sure. great stuff great information again we really appreciate your time yeah if you ever need anything just give me a holler